Okay, here we go. Oh, I hope Smitty has that bleep thing ready because I'm in I'm in a f***ing unbelievable mood. You ready with that bleep thing? I feel F-bombs ready to ejaculate themselves out of my nostrilic membranes. It's endorphins. Hey, we have a we have this. What the oh, fuck the way, is wrong with just you? Just so you know, <laughs> shut the fuck up. Do you have that thing ready? All right, seriously though, that's Ben Kitchen. And you know what? Here's the thing: we have episode now one, two, three, four, five. This is episode seven, uh, and we have a special guest in the studio who we're going to introduce right now. You promised and you delivered. Ladies and gentlemen, we've brought him back from the dead, Dick Clark. <laughs> I could care less about the team struggling. I want to kiss Str- you, Mike. Struggling. <laughs> it's John Fiore, the actor. And, yes. and let me tell you something. This guy has been in so many. Uh, what are you fucking kidding me? Pr- productions. Rattle them off. All right, let's, let's start. All right, 1986, One Crazy Summer. <sighs> Crewman. What, really? what happened in that? What happened in that? Crewman. What was up with that? That's when Julia Roberts, I told you before, Mikey, that's when she had a fucking ass. That was a big ass. It was two, three, four times the size of her current ass. And then as she got more wait, successful, Wait, but that wasn't Mr. Pizza. Run. That wasn't in. Oh, wait a minute. It happened once. Oh, no, I think that was Demi Moore. <laughs> Was Demi That's Moore right. in that? Yeah. She just went lesbo, I read in the paper. For real. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Seriously? Let's be honest. She's been dabbling <laughs> for a while. Yeah. How, do, how do you we know, though? Unless you're track. actually there. Unless you're there, you don't know. She's been I mean, doing well, it since at least 1996 with G.I.J. Who can remember? Hey, some oh, people, some no, people... No, I can't. T- I have to read it. It takes a lifetime for some to, to realize it, but some others learn it lickety-split. Lickety-split. <laughs> so... Uh, you were in with uh, Demi Moore in, in what was it called? In One Crazy Summer. Yeah. We got to spend two weeks down in the cave. And she had her real on breasts. A racing boat. Now, she she was just a young up-and-comer. You know what I mean? Who knew? John Cusack. Great movie. We got to go on a boat mm-hmm. for most of the shooting. So it was fucking an awesome gig because we didn't really do much acting. We had to play the. I had one line. I go, hey, there you go, mate. I was supposed to be Australian. <laughs> That's <laughs> just like you mate. did it. <laughs> yeah, I, I did my line, and uh, that was it. But we stayed for two, three weeks at the hotel. Nice. You know? So you're on a boat the whole We're time? On a fucking boat. It was did, like, you, did she see your little dinghy? <laughs> she didn't see my little dinghy. Did you get her to take a bow on the, the poop deck? Fucking hotel, hey, yeah. right the fuck out All right, So then you move up to the to the uh, what, Julia Roberts, right? Yeah, that was Mystic Pizza. Mystic Pizza. Yeah, yeah. She was, was that filmed uh, in Connecticut. I was in Connecticut. Mystic Connecticut. Yeah, that was her first big thing. You know? No, so she was a nice person, though. She was a nice person. Yeah. Very pleasant. Hi, how are you? Do you think now if you ran into her on the street that, A, she'd I remember you, her. and, B, would she be nice to you? I think she's she, a big star now? I think she would because I saw her. Now, granted, it was Law & Order days, which was a good 15 years, say, after um, Mystic Pizza, but she was going with Benjamin Bratt. So I walk onto the set. Ben goes, John, come in here. Somebody wants to say hello. Turn the corner, walk in. There she is. She gave me a nice welcome. Oh, good. Oh, good. Because you, so, you, you were Jake in that movie. I was Jake. Yeah, that was a big... And in the movie, we had more more going on, but they kind of trimmed it up a little bit. Yeah, right. You know. That happens a lot, though, in these happens. movies. They try to make happens them fit within the time, a time yeah. parameters. Yeah. You know? so. Uh, so from then, I got... See, here's the thing. I'm, here's what I'm getting at. John's a good friend of mine. I've known him 15 years, and I get angry sometimes when I see what the film industry does to actors by stereotyping them. And, you know, with all due respect, 
With all due respect, you look you like suck. A, you look like you're Italian. I mean, I it's, do. It's not a bad thing. I do. But they apparently, when they cast these things, and they did the same thing with Ben because he looks half Jewish. Yeah, and I always have to play a half Jew. It's fucked up, man. A half Jew? <laughs> always have to play a half Jew. <laughs> Every time. Can you right. play half a Jew? But let me give you guys an, yeah, it's an, just, an, it's just an example. You have to balance half a yarmulke. <laughs> let me give you guys an example of just how stereotypical they thought he was when they cast him in all these roles. Okay. <laughs> in Life Stories, he played Jim DiPaolo. Italian? Yes. <laughs> in NYPD Blue, you were Jerry Fumento. <laughs> Jerry Fromanda. (laughs) Is that an Italian guy? Yeah. All right. In Law and Order, you were Detective Tony Profaci. Who the fucking forget that guy? That's right. Me. You were in in a little number called Tea Cakes or Cannoli. Right. Mike Cannoli. You played Lorenzo. Lorenzo di Balbaglio. My guess is Italian. Italian. Uh, Hit and Runway, Frank Andero. Andero. Uh, My brother Jack, you played Jack Valento. (laughs) (laughs) Then in The Sopranos, you were Gigi Sestone. I know. Is that Irish, isn't it? You got it, baby. In in uh, Tony and Tina's wedding, you were Mister Nunzio. Fucking Nunzio. In the Third Watch, the the TV series, Boscarelli. <laughs> in Black Irish, they couldn't even give you an Irish role or a black role. They gave you Tommy Orsini. Unbelievable. See, that, you got stereotyped. I can't help it. That's how it's I'm perceived. I'm up. the Italian fucking stallion. Look at Marcello Mastriani. He only played Italian roles. And he didn't say much. I mean, at least I'm fucking Italian. Right? <laughs> it's the greatest fucking thing to be. <laughs> so I'm just finishing out the list here. Uh, Alphonse Nazzoli in The Brotherhood. Chef Carmine yeah. in Larry the Cable Italian. Guy, yeah. Joey Risso. But then you had your most one of your, uh, your it's not your most recent, but maybe your next to the most recent role. You were in Chappaquiddick, yes, and you played the chief of police in Martha's Vineyard, right. and his name was Dominic Arena. <laughs> but they I mean, call, but they call him Jim. It doesn't stop. By the way, that was a, a good job by you because he was a hapless. Uh, he was a hapless guy. man. And uh, there's a new. Did you see the thing on Fox? There's a three part show yes. about it. It's good. They have him at 90 years old, even doing an interview. Is he still alive? He's still alive. He didn't know what to do. The guy. Yeah. I mean, they were so him? caught up in the whole Kennedy thing. They didn't know what the fuck to do. No. So that was it. He was a hapless fool. I mean, he gets there. They call him more. Well, Chris, if you watch, right. the, that was a very messed up story. And quite obviously, yeah. Ted Kennedy was either too drunk or too irresponsible to deal with the with the issue. But a lot of it fell on Chief Arena. And, and they had a scuba diver they had to get in there at 6 a.m. And, it, and the, the politics that were involved, the immediate involvement of the national politicians, right. yeah. the Kennedy group. Yeah. All his, uh, the War Council came out, McNamara, the whole gang. That all happened, as you saw in the movie. My point is that it's not fair to stereotype. And even Family Guy does it with Italian people. We now return to Cutting in Line in Front of Italians. Hey! Copernicus, why don't you navigate yourself to the back of the line with your feet and stand there with your shirt? (laughs) (laughs) So can't make fun of Italians? Well, no, that's a cultural thing. We love you. Uh, Now, the biggest thing, obviously, uh, in someone's career is the one that they're known for by almost everybody. And who didn't see The Sopranos? I don't know. I mean, when that was rocking and rolling, you were involved in that season two, three, four, right? Yeah, yeah, the biggest thing going. It was immense. 
Uh, how did that change your particular uh, personal life? Well, it got me a lot of free food at a lot of restaurants. That's about the best <laughs> thing it's ever done for me. <laughs> yeah, I got a few nice rolls after, but there's nothing like walking into a fucking restaurant and nobody comes near you with a bill. You know what I mean? I'll have no, it. I don't. Once you know, once you know you're in, you go, <laughs> okay. Then you order a few, uh, get whatever the fucking wine, more wine, Paulie, everything, right, whatever right, you want. Right. But that that really did change a lot in that regard. And uh, you know, moving, the, the work got good too. I got more stuff. Sure, which is great. But, but I mean, that was the I I think, and I'm not you know I'm not saying this because you're here because I've known you 15 years. Yeah. You know how I feel about that series. I think it's the greatest television great. series in the history of television. It really so compelling. It paved the way, didn't it? Because at that time there weren't shows like that. They didn't even know if a, a drama on HBO was going to work. So it opened the door to all these shows you're seeing now, Netflix, all the stuff on Showtime, and, and I feel it was the first and still probably the best mm -hmm. of that type of show. Well, I think it was definitely the best because every show is trying to catch that. Right. Every show is trying to surpass it, and there, some are doing a great job getting there or almost getting there, but right, nothing right. is surpassing. And they're it. always compared to it. That, that's right, because it's the standard. And you and know? by the way, I think in for most of the years it was on, it was probably the single, uh, singular most strong reason anyone would subscribe and pay to, for HBO. Oh, absolutely. It was an automatic. I did. I mean, and can, I'm a cheap bastard. Oh, yeah. Can you remember for real on a Sunday back then? People going, <laughs> Sopranos are on tonight. Yeah. Everybody talked about it. Yeah, by Everybody looked forward to it. And it was great. It's it was like Game really, of Thrones times five. It was five. a big deal. It really was. Yeah. It was great. And way before its time yeah. in, in that in that role as the series. I, was, I mean, they didn't know it was going to work. The first year they had the rap party, they had it in the back of a pizza shop. <laughs> I mean, it was low, <laughs> relatively low budget. Right. Because they know, didn't know. People were unknown in the cast. And they had no idea. No idea. Now, James Gandolfini, one of the greats, uh, you you were very sad. I remember when he yeah, passed away, yeah. you, you worked a lot of scenes with him, yeah. and you loved him. What was it like, though, looking back on the series? Because when you act in a, in a series with someone uh, of that ilk, someone who's gotten so many accolades for being so great, yeah. what does that mean to you professionally to have all those memories working with him? It's just really weird because, you, you know, knowing I was coming here today for the big show... <laughs> <laughs> I watched a few Soprano clips the other night, the one we made fun of Jeannie Sack yeah. with fat jokes. And there he was. And when I see him in these clips, I think of him as being alive. Every time I see these clips, I have to pinch myself to remind myself. I go, this guy's gone. Man. I know. He's been gone since 2013. But when you see it, he's so big, so powerful, so in command. We're all looking up to him. He back, comes back to life. He really does come back to life. He'll, I mean, he'll always be there. It's amazing. I can't even describe it. Now, what was what he like when the camera wasn't rolling? Uh, I've heard stories that he was, uh, you know, funny, wise guy. Yeah. Always, always. No, he's great. He's tweaking people. He's the kind of guy you can go on his trailer. And, you know, just, not just me, but all the guys would have a shot of booze to warm up. You know, keep it light. If he had heavy-duty stuff to do, right. he did a lot. You knew to keep your distance because he had, he had a lot of stuff to do. Sure. I mean, overwhelming uh, amount of dialogue with with emotion, so when he had that, you stayed back. But when he when he didn't have that stuff, he was a big cut up. Like to have a good time, man. He made uh, that particular character so believable by the little yeah. things. Like you'd see, sit there watching him eat at the table while doing dialogue yeah. with somebody, and he he never made the eating a secondary thing. He made it the primary thing because that's 
in character. Right, right. Yeah. The food is what counts at this very yeah. moment. But he was so brilliant at, at weaving that stuff into his uh, into his. Have portrayal. you ever seen anybody go from that little boy like like look he had to a menacing killer so effectively like him? I've never seen it. Because he could really be like a little boy. Yeah. With that kind of dumb sort of like demeanor. Yeah. And then when he was killing somebody or strangling, he liked to do that. It's fucking scary, man. It's like, unbelievable. One of the sadder things, though, and I don't know, Ben, you probably agree with this, yeah. is that they, because he passed away, it kind of evaporated all thoughts of a sequel. I, I was looking forward to a sequel. They're doing a prequel. Yeah. It's happening now. It's about yeah. the rise to like his father and yeah. Junior when he's young right. and yeah. their rise to it. That that's what they're doing now. But I, I they really are. I didn't know that. The one thing I, I know what you're saying in in yes, but did you really want to see more? Yeah. <laughs> no, but like think about I, it. I, I every said time, the same with Godfather Three till I saw it. Yeah, but every time this happens, especially after a really long wait, your anticipation. Yeah. Is built so high, and it's no matter what, it's a letdown. Look at Indiana Jones four. You waited twenty years for that, and right. it, it sucked. It just straight up sucked. Right? What was that? The crystal constipation or something like that? Something bad. He had something wrong with him, didn't he? At the very end, there he was. He was peeing out all kinds of kidney stones. Remember? Yeah, because he was like seventy five. <laughs> That's they shouldn't have gone there with him in Star Wars, John. You Harrison Ford, yeah, crashed two airplanes. <laughs> He's fucking done. When you're when you're doing The Sopranos and and you have all these great actors and everyone's around and they're playing mobsters, so they're playing these charged up characters. Is there any bullshit off air? Is there any egos rising up oh, and yeah. causing problems yep, absolutely who had the biggest ego in that case <laughs> Come on, i still feel bad i really can't say i don't want to say there's a couple of people i have in mind but still even in this nice podcast I can't <laughs> you don't want to say their names i can't say because i'm old school it's fucking omerta but there were a couple of real douchebags <laughs> who never fucking acted in their lives that were plucked from abject obscurity yeah. to be these cultural icons making big money and they're still flourishing to this day. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm fucked. You know how troubled <laughs> I am over this? <laughs> it's unbelievable. I mean, literally, they drag people off the streets. I remember, the, you know the role Burt Young played? I don't know if you remember. Yep. He, he was great. Just got out of prison, right? They literally said to me, here, can you give the script to your father? You think he could audition? Looking for anybody. I go, my father. And I saw the fucking lines. It were like 10 pages. Yeah. He had the cough. Remember, he was coughing. Oh, sure. It was a big role. But they were literally looking for anybody's to try it. Anybody to try it. And they did that with a lot of guys on the show. Yeah. Guys yeah. who never really acted. Mm -hmm. Not that they were bad. But once they got a taste, they were friggin' Marlon Brando. Well, I, I just want to... Uh, I really was. <laughs> ...throw down a little sound here. For, you had many... M most of your scenes were actually with James Gandolfini. Yeah, and yeah. He, here's one of them here from season, I think, three. So, uh, how things going over there, you know, with our friend? They're the same, you know. What's he saying about me? To me? Hmm. Nothing. He knows better. He's still breaking my balls about taking orders from me. Plus, now with you and him and all that other shit there. You know, it's your job to make my job easier. I'm not complaining. You asked me. He's a frustrating guy. Look, I don't know how things are going to go, but I can't promise he's going to go away. No, it's not just him. It's free on deal. We're in the middle of a major renovation at the house. I got two kids getting ready for college soon. It's... <laughs> hey, I you're not. You're doing a good job. I got two kids in college, Tony. You see, that whole fucking thing to make me a weakling, like I couldn't handle the job, the stress, all that stuff mounting right. up on me, I was like... 
I went to Chase. I go, what, what is this? I'm a fucking, you know, this is bad. I'm a strong guy. I can handle the job. <laughs> I'm a little fucking pussy. You can handle it. Right. You right. know what I mean? And that's what happened. Well. It was so bad I had a heart attack over it. Well, you know, actually, it was this turkey, wasn't it? The turkey. The turkey, the yeah, turkey caused that? You were yeah. backed up? Turkey, yeah. It was like spackling my bowels. Nothing moved. <laughs> that was the line. Even this past Thanksgiving, what do you call it? A fucking meme? There was memes on the internet. <laughs> you you're, li- you're living forever for that. <laughs> Every Thanksgiving, there's a picture and, ta- and people talking about Gigi and Spackle on the bowels. <laughs> We're talking to John. And Fiore. this is why you should get a squatty potty. I'm pit- <laughs> you won't have those problems. Just lift your legs a little bit. It's easier right. to go. You're Podcast right. number seven here of Planet Mikey with Ben Kitchen and, and uh, John Fiore, who's like been in so many different things. We can't even list them all, but I do want to s- emphasize here that he made his bones. As a mob guy. Uh, and so I have a little contest called Name That Mobster. All right, we each get five questions. Ben, you get five. John, you get five. There's ten questions. Let's see who can answer these questions correctly. Uh, we'll do this rapid fire. You ready? John, you go first. Name the singer who played Johnny Fontaine in Godfather 1. Al Martino. Al Martino is correct. <laughs> oh, Number crap. two, Ben. What were Fredo Corleone's last words? Ooh. I know he's on. Does he say anything on the boat? You're asking me a question? I just asked you a question. I I don't know. It was the Hail Mary. Right? That's true. Was it on the boat that he said it? He said a Hail Mary. I'm trying to remember. He always did it when he went fishing, and he was telling... Yeah. Yeah, Michael's son that and that's and he said bang the, the I don't like he, that one bit what they did to Fredo. I didn't think that was fair. <laughs> Terrible. Now you're all for one. Question three, right. John, which Sopranos character ended up in a wheelchair? <laughs> well, a couple, no? Well, name, Uncle Junior? No. Well, mm-hmm. no. He was in uh-huh. one temporarily at least. Okay, but I'm thinking of somebody Oh, not fucking Beansy. Beansy. <laughs> Beansy, he got. They want fucked. me to build Beansy a ramp. <laughs> <laughs> I knew fucking Beansy's my favorite. That's Paulie it. Herman is Beansy. You got two by the skin of his nuts on that, huh? Well, I mean, there's so many in a wheelchair. All right, right. number four belongs to Ben Kitchen. <laughs> Crap, Ben. Who did Janice shoot in the Sopranos series? Richie April. Yeah, there you go. he's pulled back into it. Number five, in Godfather 2, John Fiore, who said, I didn't ask who gave the order. Hyman Roth. Hyman Roth. (laughs) Can you say Hyman on the podcast? (laughs) You don't say it broken like that, though. Uh, (laughs) Number six, Ben, where was Michael Corleone's estate in Godfather 2? Lake Tahoe? I, I put Reno. Is that a mistake? It's the same place, think, isn't it? Uh, no. He's right, though. I think he's, no, he's, he's right. Right. It was on the Nevada side of Lake yeah, Tahoe. Right, okay. Wow. I said Reno. Why did I say Reno? It's close. So you got two. You got three? Yeah. Holy Damn. crap. Number seven. This is for John. Who said <laughs> Michael Corleone did this? Michael Corleone. Frank Pantangeli. <laughs> I said, yeah. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Why not? <laughs> Number eight, who played Sonny in the 1993 Bronx Tale? Ben. Sonny was Chaz. Chaz. Terry. Oh, very good. Yeah. yeah. See, I made these easy because They're I didn't pretty, know yeah. how easy. wasted you guys would be when you got here. <laughs> Number nine, 
This now 80-year-old actor, John, was in both The Sopranos and Goodfellas. Oh. 80 years old. He's 80 now. No, you can't answer it, Ben. You can't. Johnny Ola Damakines. Frank Vincent? Well, well no, Sopranos, Sopranos oh, he's not and alive. Goodfellas. Oh, right. Goodfellas. Yeah, not Sopranos and Godfather. Right, right, I'm we, sorry, we I'm sorry. I misheard the, the question. By the way, I met Dominic. What a nice man. Yes. So Sopranos <laughs> and Goodfellas. Ooh. Uh, damn. I may be stumped. And you said he's 80? He, that would tie it up if you're stumped. What do you think? Fuck, wait, 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 give me two seconds. Was he big, was he big in both? I know you know him. <laughs> big? Nah. Oh, fuck me. I don't know. All right, time's up. Oh, damn, I thought I had that. Tony Darrow. Oh, I, AKA I never would have got it. Anthony never. Borghese. Right. That's his real name. Yeah, he sucks, too. <laughs> I never would have got that. I'm glad I didn't get it. I, Fuck him. I saw him with Bacala <laughs> at a Detroit Tigers baseball game. They both game. suck. How's that? <laughs> <laughs> All right, Ben. No, this I is like Bacala. No, no, this is to... No, it's to tie. Yeah, to tie. Just to stay tight. <sighs> Which knife-wielding mobster <laughs> stuck his blade in Luca Brazzi? I got that one. I can see it. I don't. I can't get the name. You don't pass the question on to the next. No, this is for the win. Then, if you get it, was it fucking Bonzini? (laughs) No, no, he he. Oh, look at Brazzi! Oh yeah. Oh, wow. Virgil Salazzo. Hey, Al LaPerry, a tremendous case. Hello, Chief. Thank God I got you. I need to ask a big favor. Uh, can you hold off on the senator's statement just a little longer? You're going to have to speak up, son. I've got a room full of reporters here. I need you to hold off on releasing the senator's statement a little longer. Well, I'm sorry. I've already released it. What? I'm just going through it for the third time. The... Oh, Jesus. Actually, I have a few questions for you, Mr. Markham. <laughs> And I bet you did, too. As the chief of police of Martha's Vineyard during the Chappaquiddick incident in 1969, that incident happened the day they were putting a man on the moon. Right. And what? guess what bumped man lands on the moon off the front page? Ted Kennedy going off a bridge. Ted Kennedy in the Boston Globe, his story was above the man on the moon. They right. showed it the other night. I couldn't believe it. Yeah. Well, and all he said was, I uh, got back to the uh, car, and uh, Miss, uh, Miss Kopechny was, uh, was dead. Now, there's some guy on that show saying there was another passenger in the car. You've heard all this yeah, stuff. Yeah. They found the woman's handbag in the glove box. Somebody else. So, yeah. Well, I wouldn't be surprised if he didn't use that same Oldsmobile three times for three different of those women in the boiler room uh, action. John Fiore is uh, here with us on the podcast number seven, Planet Mikey Show, along with Ben Kitchen. Young yeah. Ben! Uh, and you... Not you, Ben, because you, oh, okay. you, you remember if you were in a scene with Robert De Niro. I think so. John Fiore was in a scene in Meet the Parents, yeah. not Meet the Fockers, Meet right. the Parents. The original. Uh, with, with Robert De Niro, but unfortunately, they saw fit to shorten the movie again on you. That happens to me. Um, my, character, <laughs> my character's name was Kinky. And if you remember in the movie, he found the suitcase full of dildos and all that. So that was fresh on his mind. And there was a scene when we were on the elevator uh, where he's staring at me and he says, why do they call you kinky? Because of your hair? But my hair was not kinky at all. (laughs) And preceding that was I went up to him in the airport. This is when he first arrives at the airport. I said, are you a friend of Mr. Fokker? 
Yes, I am. I said, he had a meltdown on the airplane. I need to talk to you. And he goes, whoa, 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 whoa. He reveals to me that he's ex-CIA, takes out his badge, kind of ushers me off to the corner where he, where he tells me you know, more. And I go, oh, okay, come with me. And then there was a scene on the elevator about the kinky stuff. Now, when I got there, I had long hair. Mm-hmm. It wasn't exactly kinky, but it was kinkier. So I go into hair and makeup. And the, and, the, and the hair guy wants to cut hair. The makeup people want to do makeup. So they give me a haircut. And I remember kind of sitting there going, I don't know if I should be getting a haircut. This isn't going to be kinky. I don't know if I really should be getting one. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So for all I know, that could have been the reason I was cut. Because your hair wasn't kinky. Was not and kinky he, he at referred, all. He referred to your hair. He referred to me. If you look at the credits, it says kinky, John Fiore. <laughs> As it is now, it would have been man opening door. Right, right. You know what I mean? Right. If you, you've seen the movie. <laughs> right. But like say, why is the man opening door named kinky? You <laughs> know what I mean? It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make you any sense. You know what you sense. should have said to him when he said that on the plane? On the, on the, <laughs> because of your hair, you should have said, you should look behind you and go, are you talking to me? <laughs> that would have been and good. And just see what the fuck he comes back with. He took me off to the corner, and this was kind of uh there were really no scripted lines here. He takes out his, his wallet, and he kind of goes, and this really wasn't in the movie, even if it stayed in the movie. He goes, yeah, yeah, going to the wallet. He goes, I go, you're Robert De Niro, and you have a $5 bill in your wallet, and that's it. And he's going, <laughs> doing that face. And this is when I liked him. And we did that scene about five or six times. I said, you're Robert De Niro. You walk around with no money. He's got five bucks. I don't believe it. Robert De Niro. No, he doesn't pay for anything. He's like you. Well, yeah, that's true. And then, <laughs> you're right. Money? I don't carry cash. Right, for what? Um, we have, uh, I don't know, John, you, if you've heard this podcast before. You're of one of the thousands of downloads we've already received. Uh, I have to know, though, if you have remember the thing called Around the Wheel. You want to go first, Ben? Sure. 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 My Jesus. Missouri judge orders Poacher to repeatedly watch Bambi in jail. Why? Well... Is it a stag party? He's, he's a poacher. Oh, God, Christ. <laughs> put, put your horrible pun book away. This is how I make my dough. Oh. <laughs> a Missouri poacher has been ordered to repeatedly watch the movie Bambi as part of his sentence for illegally killing hundreds of deer. The Springfield News leader reports that David Berry Jr. was ordered to watch the Walt Disney movie at least once each month during his year-long jail sentence in what conservation agents are calling one of the largest deer poaching cases in state history. Prosecutors say the deer were killed for their heads with their bodies left to rot. Big so, deal. The, the buck stops here. <laughs> <laughs> and there, and there, and there, and, and there. all over the place. I mean, what a I... stupid sentence, a stupid judge. Yeah, he should well. be removed from the bench immediately. Who really gives a fuck about deers or how many are killed, really? Yeah. I ran over two on the way here tonight. <laughs> I mean, you're going to watch Bambi? I mean, this is stupid. The last Bambi I saw was on stage at a strip joint. She was wicked hot. Wicked hot. Uh, my story. Hold on. My Jesus, story get a is, computer. is about the mischief. Some people say mischievous, but it's mischievous. Parrot. <laughs> I have a thing about parrots. I've always loved parrots. In fact, uh, I had a girlfriend uh, who had a cockatoo. Oh. Wait, back in the day. Anyway, this person 
This parrot, rather, was booted from an animal sanctuary for what? Foul mouth. <laughs> That's right. And he had found a friend in Amazon's Alexa device. Now, where do you get this? A smart African gray uh, parrot named Rocco. Uh, he was caught using the virtual assistant to play his favorite music, tell jokes, and even order snacks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this was a. He's no thing. Mama Luke. That parrot. This parrot had it going on. Smart man. He's smarter than a lot of people. Thankfully, the device's parental lock system prevented the clever parrot from actually purchasing any items, which included <laughs> strawberries, ice cream, and even a kettle. <laughs> what? Hey, never mind a kettle. I'm going to go for the pot. <laughs> well, anyway, the owner told the Times she took the uh, the parrot after he was removed from a sanctuary for swearing too much. So she took him in because she was nice. And she said, welcome to the Beak Leagues. <laughs> Rocco, who was taught to curse by his previous owner, uh, evidently loves his new home, interacting with Alexa up to 40 times a day. He's mastered countless household sounds. He knows the telephone. He can make different mobile ringtones. He can do the microwave or the squeaking door. He knows when the ice cream truck comes in the summer, and uh, and he can do the imitation of a truck reversing so loud you'd think it's in your living room. <laughs> Unbelievable. That fucking parrot. That parrot's got it going on, man. So it doesn't, it doesn't make any sex noises, nothing. So that owner was getting nothing, nothing. Yeah. for years. Zip. Other than the parrot. And all... I can't, how about Polly want a cracker, for Christ's sakes? Can't every parrot say that? You think the parrot really understands what it's saying? Or does he just say it for the fuck of it? He probably knows it gets results. It gets results, you know, but he it's, doesn't understand it's, the nuance. It's Pavlovian. Right, yeah, you know? that's what it's got to be. I read that crows are very smart. They're the fifth smartest creature on Earth. A crow. Did you know that? No, I had no idea. Yeah. idea. They're stupid little fucks just they hanging put, out in front of my car. They put fucking peanuts on the road or whatever, acorns, deliberately and wait for the cars to run them over. So and they wait for a red light to pick up the friggin' nuts. That's actually a good this. idea. It's pretty good, isn't it? You know, even a blind squirrel once in a while. Or, <laughs> no, the blind squirrels are the dead ones. They don't see the cars you know, they coming, may they be, get killed. They may be smart, but they really suck across the streets, don't they? <laughs> they don't get a nut. Now, John, I've long claimed since 1993 that I'm the smartest man alive. You may be. Now, does that mean uh, best educated? No. Does that mean I could be, like, the greatest surgeon or astronaut? No. It means, as general people go, just generally being smart, I'm the smartest of the alive ones. There were Like, there's some dead ones that were smarter. Ben Franklin, for example, Leonardo da Vinci, I, just to name a couple, were smarter than me when they were alive. But they're not alive. They're <laughs> fucking dead. So... Guess what that makes me? You're the smartest man alive. All right, now here, we'll just... And the handsomest. We'll, <laughs> we'll test it out right now. Ben takes a random thing that no one should know, and I usually know it. All right, you've been successful thus far. Yes. Much to my chagrin. Yes. I've got you now. No, you don't. You're full of shit. You're not the smartest man. I got you, and I'll prove it right now. What is the plural of cul-de-sac? <laughs> All right. All right, now, let me think this through. The moron would say called de sacs, which would be wrong. It would be calls de sac. It's a French term. C U L S de sac. I mean, de sac. <laughs> Seriously. You know how to spell de sac. Am I wrong or right? Fuck you. I'm right. So now, <laughs> I had a friend, and his name was Frank Loftus, and he was a hot shit cameraman at Channel 3 in Hartford. 
And he told me once that he's, he and his wife just bought a new house. I says, "Oh, is it nice?" He goes, "Yeah, it's beautiful. It's you know, it's on, built. It's on a culture sack. <laughs> <laughs> a culture sack." He said to me, and I, being the nice guy that I am, I didn't say a single word about it. I didn't correct him, and and I am the smartest man alive, so I had every right to. Is that correct, Ben? Yeah, it, it's correct. Really, and you're an obnoxious douche, douchebag. Uh, this has been episode number seven. John Fiore, my good friend for many, many years, Somerville native. Yeah. Even though you're from born in Boston. Born in Boston, yeah. Uh, veteran actor, great guy, funny bastard. Hung ben like Kitchen. a son of a bitch. <laughs> ben Kitchen, until episode eight. Goodbye, everyone. 